Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo. And how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I've always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right for Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e-b-e-d-a-r-d.com. 
Good morning and welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. This is episode 48 and today my guest is relationship coach Alicia Payne. Now she's not just any relationship coach, she is actually a non-monogamy relationship coach like I am, which is super exciting. So she helps adventurous people break the social conditioning of monogamy, where have you heard that before, and learn how to navigate healthy alternative relationship styles, such as ethical non-monogamy, open relationships, polyamory, and swinging. She helps them move through the challenges like jealousy, fear, anxiety, and insecurities in a way that strengthens their relationships, deepens trust and communication, and leaves them feeling confident. As the host of the podcast, Nope, We're Not Monogamous, Alicia believes in courageously challenging the status quo and empowering people to create relationships that work for the real people in those relationships. Throughout the past nine years, living in an ethically non-monogamous relationship while working as a sex, love, and relationship coach, Alicia has acquired valuable insight and a unique ability to share this information with her clients and audience in a way that hits home while leaving them feeling validated and whole. And you will absolutely see this in this conversation. I so enjoyed talking with Alicia. We are so aligned on so many things. And it was just such a fascinating eye-opening conversation and we were able to remind each other really of why we do this but also of some concepts that come up with people who are navigating this lifestyle or thinking about it and some of the misconceptions that they come across about love and jealousy and just feelings in general about relationships, ownership, just basically the mono mindset and how that comes in and affects our ability to adapt or to change the story that we have been given. It makes it very difficult when we're not aware of that. So we really dig into that. We talk about compersion. We talk a lot about jealousy. Um, we we learn a little bit how to deal with the presence of jealousy without having to shame it. So we revisit that a little bit. Um, and then one of the things that, that she mentioned, which I really loved, was that, you know, it's important not to go from one box to another, right? Like we tend to do that. And I know that I talk about that a lot, even in religion, you know, not leaving fundamentalist Christianity and going to the box of dogmatic atheism and not leaving room for being spiritual. So it's about keeping your awareness open and being able to rediscover and be curious about new things and challenge your thinking. And I think that when we're willing to challenge our thinking and be curious about ourselves, about our beliefs, about our partners, that's when life starts to open up. When we realize that nothing is ours to hang on to um, and nothing keeps us safe like we think it's going to, we then don't have to attach so much meaning or um, become enmeshed in different people or different ideologies in order to remain safe. 
So we talk a lot about this. I just think it's such a great episode and I hope you enjoy it as much as me. Just, just so much fun and so valuable. I just hope you get so much out of it. We will see you soon when we come back. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. I'm here today with Alicia Payne, and she is also a non-monogamy coach, which I think is amazing. I don't think I have actually interviewed an, a non-monogamy. Well, I guess Jolie mm-hmm. is also a non-monogamy coach. She's a researcher, but um, anyways, this is exciting. This is going to be fun. And we are going to bring uh, back the green-eyed monster a little bit now that I just mentioned Jolie's name. Happens to be a similar topic of conversation, and I think it's important to address. So welcome, Alicia, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. <laughs> it is going to be fun. Um, we were just talking a little bit about what you're passionate about. And um, I love asking that question just because actually I was on a networking call this morning and one of the things that she asked us to do is describe what we do without saying what we do. Mm. And I was like, ooh, it was really hard to do, but it was so amazing. And a lot of people came up with like other people came up with amazing positioning statements for them based on their description of what they actually what they actually do. Yeah. Not what their title says they do. Yeah. And so that's fun. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, if you were to sort of nail down what you do without telling me what you do. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, let's see here. I this is totally not fair. I totally put you on the spot, but it's it's an interesting. I got question. this. Right, I got this. Right. I got this, right? <laughs> so I what I do is I help people unwind their monogamous conditioning. So that they can explore and thrive in alternative relationships, like like ethical non-monogamy, swinging, polyamory, open relationships, uh, and I help them like navigate the really hard things, like jealousy and fear and anxiety and boundaries and agreements and rules, so that they can feel secure and confident and sexy and loved and connected and and just good. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And you didn't say I'm a non-monogamy coach, but you described that so beautifully. And you described exactly why I do what I do as well. It's really about freeing up that conditioning. And I call it the mono mindset in Mm -hmm. my eight-week program. We deconstruct this mono mindset that we've been fed our whole entire lives. This one set of rules that we're supposed to abide by. And then we wonder why things aren't going well. And but we're doing all the right things. We're following all the rules. We're doing what we were told. Like, why is this not working? Is there something wrong with me? Something wrong with my relationship? Is 
you know, am I not sexy enough? Am, am I not this? And we don't realize all the expectations that we put on our partners without even realizing it because we've been told. Or telling since, them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Or telling them. True. Um, all the fairy tales have taught us, you know, that we're supposed to expect these certain things. And if they're not met, then, you know, then it's not enough. You know, how, how are we going to have happily ever after if they can't read our minds? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> If they were the one, then they would know. Right? Oh, Magic would whole, happen. That whole concept of the one. I mean, how many people spin around their whole lives trying to find the one when, like, how many ones do you have? I have yeah. so many beautiful ones <laughs> in yeah. my life. And if yeah. I would have just been stuck on just one, I would be missing out on the richness of the relationships I have in my life and everybody has a different place, a different level. Nothing has to look the same. There's no like rules to what it's supposed to be. And I love that. Yeah. 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 One of the things that, uh, that frustrates me about the idea of there being one is that you always have to make the right choice, mm. right? If you have two choices in front of you, you better pick the right one or you have to pick the better one. Or if there's anything lacking, then clearly this isn't the one. So I need to move on and find the mm. actual one. And it's like this perpetual search and 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 moving on looking for like the the right fit. And if they're not the right fit, then like nothing was right about that relationship or nothing was true about that love, or there had to be something really bad or wrong happening. It's, it's, it's defeatist. Yeah. It's very yeah. defeating. And some yeah. people sit in that forever because they don't realize that there isn't just one sometimes you make a decision and you move forward and sometimes you're going to be disappointed and that's an opportunity for growth and you know just because someone changes their mind doesn't mean they're not keeping their word and that's a big mm -hmm. one because honoring your word is so important in our culture and it is but if you are honoring your word instead of honoring yourself sometimes there is a choice to make there this week's episode yeah. that just came out is called How Do You Know If Divorce is the Right Choice? Yeah. And that is a that's not a popular topic, you know, especially <laughs> for those of us who are saying you don't have to get divorced, you can have it all kind of thing. But at the same time, if the whole structure in which you entered a relationship was kind of faulty, yeah. And you entered for the wrong reasons or you had completely different expectations of what it was quote unquote supposed to be. Sometimes the bravest and kindest decision is to separate and, and consciously uncouple and move away and become who you truly are. Um, the, one of the people who just finished my program, you know, she said, Kareen, one of the, the, the ultimate gifts that you give people is like a return to their birthright. And I was like, whoa. She's yeah. like the confidence of getting to own who you are at your core and figuring out who you are at your core again, because you're allowed to ask yourself those questions. You get to change your mind too. You do. Over and, and over and over. And, and isn't that what I said before I was talking about like religion. So I left Christianity, kind of went atheist for a while and 
the whole point was that I'm allowed to change my mind. And so I didn't want to be a dogmatic atheist, right? So I was saying that there's all these spiritual people around me all the time, a bunch of woo-woo and all this stuff. And my very logical reasoning brain that reasoned me out of my faith is saying, no, 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 there's no scientific proof. There's no this, there's no that. You can't. And I'm like, but sometimes that doesn't have to matter because there's not an ultimate right. If your goal is to have an ultimate right way, then yes, you have to have proof for everything. But I'm not adopting like spirituality saying this has to be your truth or this is the way or this is how it always works. I'm saying that for me to tap into that energy, that is a beautiful thing for me. And so I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to try it on for size. I'm allowed to experiment. I'm allowed to think. There's no forbidden thoughts, emotions, or desires. It's what I say in my program all the time, you know? Like, let's eliminate shame from the whole game. <laughs> like, shame is just a killer of everything. So, ugh. It so, really is. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me about that a little bit because I could get, I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> for a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I would say probably about 25% of the couples that come to work with me wind up splitting up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I always tell people when I start working with them, like, I am not here to save your marriage or yeah. your relationship. Like, I do not work in service of the relationship because the relationship is just a structure. It's just a container yeah. that contains people, like real people mm-hmm. who have their own needs and desires and, um, feelings and, you know, all the things and they're separate people. And so I work in service of the people and if what they both want and what serves both of them or all three of them or all four of them, right. Mm -hmm. What serves them is being in the relationship, then great. Mm. But sometimes it's not, (laughs) sometimes it's not what serves them. And so, yeah, getting rid of that shame of like, I have, I, I made a promise when I was 22 that I have to stick to Dude, when I was 22, I dropped out of three different colleges. Well, you know, around that time, like mm-hmm. I wanted to be everything. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told me to those decisions. <laughs> I know. And I think that I'm like, I was 22 when I got married, right? Yeah. I was 22 and I made the most important decision of my life. I was told, right? This decision yeah. that has to last forever. And like, at 22, you're supposed to know what that is. And then you're shirking your responsibility or your commitments if you change your mind about that. But it's like, so I, I call myself a relationship designer, a sex positive relationship designer. Why? Because like, we wouldn't think twice about redesigning our homes. Why do we not redesign our relationships? Like that's off limits. But we change. We change and grow. and become different we become parents that changes you we realize (laughs) that life is about different priorities and you know at some point you go i'm done sacrificing everything um of what i need and want because as moms and and wives especially in our culture like we weren't taught that we can honor ourselves first like that's selfish right and so man there's a lot of brainwashing and deprogramming that has to be done and so this eight-week program is literally about unlearning well learning what that programming was and that it's not your fault 
that you have all these thoughts and you feel guilty about this and you shame yourself for this or that, or you tell yourself these things and you're awful to yourself. (laughs) It's not your fault because you didn't know. You weren't told that there was any other way. You just bought into this system because that's all you knew. But now you can learn a new way and learn other options and then you get to choose. And freedom is about choice. And I just think, I just wish I would have known that. You know, that's been the biggest unveiling for me is like, who am I? And then what do what do I actually want? And I'm allowed to I'm allowed to create a life where I get to have what I want, but isn't that not allowed? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still it's like stepping out of the matrix. Oh, it's like yeah. wild. Like, no, that, no, this, this isn't real. I must be dreaming. That's no, I didn't know that that was happening. <laughs> I can't enjoy more than one partner and have that work. What? You know, I remember the first time I listened to um, Michael and Holly on Swing, um, their podcast. Oh my gosh. I was like, what? You mm. mean? Married people are having sex with other married people? Like what? I I was told that this could never work. I mean, this will definitely, definitely ruin your relationship. And they were rejoicing. And here's this word, compersion. I was like, huh? They're like rejoicing about each other's experiences with other people. And I was like, huh? What? What is happening here? My brain could not process this information (laughs) isn't it wild (laughs) i had no place for it yeah i hear that a lot people are like i don't understand and i'm like just the words i just said like (laughs) what don't you understand but there was a point when i was like how does that work i don't get it like i was i was married for 13 years monogamously did all the things had kids did all the things um and when we got divorced i was like well 35 i have two kids i have a house i have a business I'm not getting married again. I don't need a fucking husband. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, I just want to be able to have sex with whoever I want to have sex with. (laughs) But I didn't know what, like how that looked. Like I didn't know anybody. I'd never, uh, I had heard of swingers. I knew that that was a thing, but I was picturing like seventies key parties. Yeah. Um, and, And I knew of people who were cheating in their relationships. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be slutty and like tell people about it. Cause that feels like the right thing to do. Like, I'll just (laughs) tell them like, look, I like you. I'm going to have sex with you, but I'm not going to be your girlfriend. I'm not going to like hop on, on, on this, this journey with you where we become exclusive, uh, FYI. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I read the ethical slut and was like, Uh amen. My mind exploded and I was like, this is a thing that people do. I was going to say, you were like totally living the ethical slut. Yeah. 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 And then like three months later, I met my second husband and <laughs> he was like, that's cool. You keep doing what you're doing. Sow your oats, explore. I was like, you sound really confident. He's like, yeah, like I'm amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll stick around. Like you're not going to get rid of me. Also, I'm dating this couple and my, my first true love lives in Texas. So we don't ever see each other. And like, I was like, okay, <laughs> now I'm in love and I have to figure out how to navigate oh. being non-monogamous while being in love. Cause those two things hadn't, like, I hadn't even like, I had no foresight of that, like that, that would be a thing that would happen. Well, how can it? Because we're taught people can't love more than one person. 
And then I like to say all the time, um, when was the last time you were shamed for wanting more than one child? Uh, right. I think I'll have another child. Oh, no, no, no. You can't possibly love another child as much as your first child. That's going to ruin the first child. You're not going to be able to maintain that relationship. You can't add more people to your love. Oh, my God. So this is I love this because I use this analogy a lot with the idea of compersion. Like I feel compersion for my children. Right. Like I when my kids are really stoked about something, I am happy for them. Mm -hmm. And I had to like I actually had to figure that out to figure out Mm -hmm. because I did not feel compersion for many, many years. And I still, it's like a, it's a real hit or miss. Uh, but I feel it for my kids. So once I knew like the embodied sensation, like mm. what it felt like to feel compersion, I was able to translate it into my relationships. So I use that example a lot, but um, the, the, the idea of like, it, no, you wouldn't have enough love or time or energy for, for more than one kid people say all the time, like, I don't know how you have multiple relationships. I don't, I like, I, it takes all my energy to have one relationship. And I explained to them that like, when you have more than one relationship, you actually have to like, let your people be more autonomous and manage their own emotions. Cause we're so conditioned to like manage our partner's emotions and never do anything to upset them. And like, we, we put all our energy into navigating ourselves around them. And when you have more than one partner, you can't do that. You have to like, you have to trust them to manage to trust their that own they can feelings. take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And that the, if they have an issue, they'll tell you if they mm-hmm. need you to do something, they'll communicate it. Uh, but that's what happens when you have more than one kid, all of a sudden you don't have a spoiled only child. You have two kids who are a little bit more capable of taking care of themselves because they have to, because you have to spread your energy around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Boom. Yep. That just happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and and the thing is, we just don't, we don't, again, have a framework for more than one romantic love. Oh, well, loving your children's different. It's like, it looks different because we make it look different. But love is love. It's energy. It's an output of energy. It's a reciprocal energy. It's an energy that we allow other people's energy to come into ours. We give our energy away. Um, Love is love and we can attach whatever we want to it. Love can have sex. Love can not have sex. Love doesn't, or sex does not equal love. Love does not equal sex. You can put those two circles together if you want. You can overlap them as much as you want, but they can be separate entities. And we get to choose where and how and when. We want to put those things together. We get to choose everything in life. And I say choice, choice, or freedom is choice and choice is freedom. So if we don't allow ourselves the opportunities to make these kinds of choices in how we love even, then we're just trapped in the system following what someone else thinks is best for us. I know my capacity. I know what I have time for. And I don't have time for more than one full-time relationship right now. I know that. But that doesn't mean I can't have relationships with people where I am very clear on my time. And mm. I can, I'm just more conscious of sort of what my non-negotiable needs would be if I'm giving my attention and energy to someone, right? So there has to be a reciprocal 
energy exchange for it to be worth my time, but it doesn't mean I have to become enmeshed or attached to them in the same way that we think of. And so many people are are busy going, well, what, what, let's define what this is and what is it? And, you know, what's the next stage that we're moving to? And I'm like, the, the one thing I think is so beautiful with my life is that I don't have to define those things. I just get to be in the moment and experience them for what they are. And people get to choose which part of themselves they give to me. And I honor that and respect it rather than demand more from them. And that's hard sometimes. Uh, but that just means you have to trust yourself too and and trust yourself to honor yourself and to look after yourself and love yourself because if you're looking to others to meet that, you won't be able to let go of that. I love the image of uh, the two circles of love and sex, like Mm -hmm. intersecting or or not. And um, it's funny that people have all of these ideas, you know, depending on what what examples were set for them when they were growing up or what, what their expectations are. Like some people have really tie love to sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people really don't. And I, it's the thing that's funny that I, <laughs> that I was thinking of was, um, like for me, for example, I was fine with my partner having sex with people, but as soon as he started having emotional connections, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I felt so jealous and insecure and terrified. Like that was terrifying. Oh, whereas he's like, have all the emotional connections. Wait, you're having sex with them. <laughs> like, like, it's just, there's, there's like the, the, what's the word I'm looking at? The expectations that we attach mm-hmm. to sex or to love. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that's wild is that other people don't have those same expectations, like probably similar, mm-hmm. but not the same ones. Right. We just think that it means the same thing for everyone. Right. Yeah. And then if they don't act in a certain way or react a certain way, then we go by what our story is telling us and it means the same yeah. thing. But we forget to ask like with curiosity and actually find out what is happening for them. You know, like why do you do things this way and what does it mean to you? So I'm curious, like what what do you think was your story and what is your story sometimes when you struggle with your partner have emotion, having emotions for someone else? Mm. Great question. Um, Cause it's definitely changed. It's shifted over the years. Right. But at first it was very much like the, the idea of the one, right? Like, he, I mean, cause we were together, we were together for several years where I was like, I'm non-monogamous, but I don't think I'm polyamorous. Hmm. I was in love with one person. Yeah. Right. Uh, however, he had multiple loves and it was just so hard to wrap my head around because I had not had that experience. I mm-hmm. didn't know what it felt like. So for me, it was like, I had this deep fear of well, two things. One, if I loved someone else, would that mean that I didn't love him as much? Because that was the fear that I was having. If he loves someone else, then he didn't love me as much, right? Like it was right. a, there was only so much to give, but I conceptually knew that love was infinite, 
but I still had this like conditioning that said, there's no way that's not real. He, he must not really love you. Because if you need (laughs) something else, then something by default is not enough. Yeah. And it wasn't even part of it was like an enoughness thing, but more of it, I think really it just pinged on all of my insecurities. Yeah. It just really pinged on all of my doubts about myself, how lovable I was, how, how worthy and valuable I was, how, how, um, how much can, can someone really love me? Well, clearly not enough that I'm like the end all be all best thing in the whole entire world with billions of people. Like (laughs) (laughs) there's clearly something really wrong with me. (laughs) Right. And, and we're fed those messages in like, if you Mm -hmm. think every movie, TV show, song, novel, like the social conditionings around this message are that we should be absolutely devastated if someone has feelings for someone other than us. That is a broken promise. That is a broken vow that is as bad as an affair. It's an emotional affair. Like we have terminology that is so strong for these kinds of actions or thoughts or behaviors. And again, like unpacking that narrative is so important, right? Like, well, why does that mean that they would love you less? Like, where did you learn that? What, when were you told that someone's full devotion to you is what makes you worthy? You know, and it's like this, I, I think, um, all of the fantasies, all of the love stories, all of the rom-coms, everything celebrates the beginning of a relationship, that Mm. new relationship energy when your Mm -hmm. brain is just flooded with all sorts of really delicious, yummy chemicals and you're high. (laughs) Who doesn't want to feel that way? Right. Right. And then we have that competing with the long-term relationship and like feeling settled and calm and secure and like supporting each other, but you're not flooded with mm-hmm. oxytocin and, 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 and all, you know, just all the good chemicals. Like you're not flooded with that. You're making choices to love. Right. Um, and so there's this fear of like, if somebody experiences that with someone else, it means like what we had was never good or never, that wasn't real or it didn't really happen. And part, I think part of that is because we were high on really good love chemicals and you, you know, if you've had a night of drinking or doing drugs or partying and the next day, it's all kind of a fog. It's all kind of a blur. Was that real? Did that really mm-hmm. happen? I feel like love becomes in the longer term, it becomes that like, was that real? Did that really happen that first couple of years or that first six months? Or, you know, was that, was that a real thing? Or was I imagining that? Or was it just me? Did they feel that way? Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's all this questioning because it is kind of a blurry fog of uh, chemical natural chemical, but Mm -hmm. chemical induced state. (laughs) Were you aware of that? Like, did you, did you understand that about your body chemistry before you got into this? Yeah, I did. I did, which I found really helpful. That was one of the things. So, I mean, like my husband over and over was like, we can be monogamous. Like, I'm so in love with you. I'd like, I I don't want anything to harm our relationship. I want this to be for 
forever, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Until, until we don't want it to be. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And, but I was like, no, as much as I was struggling as fuck, I spent a year crying every single Mm -hmm. day because I felt I was so jealous and so insecure and so anxious. And also I still wanted what I wanted. I didn't want to be monogamous. I wanted to be able to have sex with other people. I wanted to be able to, I wanted the experience of falling in love over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I hadn't had it yet, but I knew that it was possible. I knew other people said they had it and I'm not broken, Mm -hmm. right? Like I felt a little broken, but I know I'm not because none Mm -hmm. of us are. And so I was like, I was steadfast and there's a thing that I want. I'm just trying to figure out how to get there. I want to feel confident and secure in our love and our relationship and in myself. And I'm just like, it's on the other side of the river. I can see it on the other side of the river bank. I just have to figure out which stones to step on that won't have me landing on my ass in the river. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's that process that was so hard, but he over and over was like, we could be monogamous. Like we could close this down. And I was like, Mm -mm, because that still won't give me what I want. I would stop crying every day and I would feel a lot more secure with us. But there's also this other thing that I desire, which is like this sense of freedom. And I don't want to spend my life having sex with one person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am a natural slutty person. (laughs) I I never cheated in long-term relationships, but my God, I wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) Like I want... I want new experiences. I want novelty. I want things. Um, But it's not because I can't commit. It's not because I can't be monogamous. It's that, again, I'm not defaulting to monogamy. I get to choose. Uh, That it is tricky. We are taught so much about, again, this idea of ownership or this idea of like what, what you were just saying that we oh i'm trying to think how how to word it but that we can't have more than it's like it's really hard to to, to want what we want mm-hmm. and then also have to accept what comes with that Oh yeah. You know, it's funny when my, when I told my mom, Oh, I'm in, I got this guy, but I'm not going to be monogamous with him. And she was like, Oh, I had told her, I told her he had other partners. He was dating other people. And she was like, well, as long as what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> that was like over and over. She would say that as long as you're getting yours too. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's equal, it's not just one person doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to to go like I know what I want, but like yeah. I don't want you to have it. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of people well, say, choose monogamy. Well, for for real, and this is like this is one of the the mistruths that I teach in my program is the mono mindset, which just means one mindset, right? But monogamy is usually that one mindset. But yeah. the mono mindset teaches us that relationships. Forever, long-term soulmate relationships keep us safe. Monogamy Mm -hmm. keeps us safe. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to let go of that concept because we feel like that is what's going to keep us safe. But does it keep us safe? It doesn't. It doesn't keep us safe. We we have other things that make us feel unsafe within that context. 
you know, the fear of them leaving us becomes so great because if they choose to leave us, that says something personal about us mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we chose the safe route and that should be enough and that should be yeah. enough for everybody involved. And we forget the humanness of people. We don't yeah. allow for that thinking without judging it, right? So shame and guilt are tied into our desires and our fantasies because they don't fit that. We have to, monogamy is going to keep us safe and protected. And if we veer out of that, then then I don't know how I'm going to feel safe ever again. And we bring that conditioning with us to non-monogamy if we're not careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if you're trying to filter things, like if you're wearing, you know, red glasses, you're going to see everything through that hue. And if things are blue, they're going to look purple, but really they're blue. And we have to take off that lens of the mono mindset in order to clearly see what things are for real, to get rid of those limiting beliefs and find out, okay, wait a second. I believe in this way because I've been taught that way. That doesn't mean my experience is that. I've made it mean that because that's the only experience I know. It's the only story I know because I'm comparing myself to every other monogamous person. And I don't understand why I'm not happy or why things aren't working out for me. Like, why aren't we having sex anymore? I'm doing all the right things. I must not be enough. I must not be sexy. I must. No, Esther Perel says that comfort and eroticism can't live in the same space. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. told that. We're not told that when you're all comfy and all those, you know, NRE hormones dissipate after two years, that you're going to feel super comfortable and at home and settled and safe for the most part. But if you're not doing things separately or things that ignite separatism or watching your partner doing something that they're passionate about, it doesn't have to be sex with someone else. <laughs> But that is definitely something that can increase the eroticism. People are like, how does that even work? How can you even? Because when you see your person, quote unquote, your person, right? Here we go with this whole ownership concept. But um, we're so we're so programmed for that. Um, when you see your person with someone else getting attention and enjoying their bodies sexually and watching them get turned on, um, If you look at that for what it is, that creates so much love for that person because you're like, oh, that's my person and look how hot they are and look how attracted someone else is to them. And I get that's like that's who I choose to live my life with. And they choose me every day, too. And how cool is that, that I know that they're going to come back to me because we choose each other continuously. You know, it's, it's funny because I tried getting there. Mm-hmm. But what I loved was you fall in love with an individual, right? Mm-hmm. But what I loved was seeing my partner and I still all the time seeing my partner flirt and kiss and like seeing mm-hmm. the things that they, that they do and going, oh, that's what it looks like when it's happening with me. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, that's what that looks like when it's happening with me. That's what it looks like when he's doing those things or that's, that is the flirtation and that, that charisma that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it makes you, it just rekindles that kind of erotic energy again. Cause you're like, oh yeah, that's the person uh, uh. that's what, that's what's in them. And we have been so comfortable on the couch 
that we're not doing those things. Yeah. But at the club, I love being at the club because like, oh my God, we feel so connected. It's like, we're, we're just like so into each other, like physically. And we like to make out and, and it's because we watch each other. We watch other people flirt with, with each other and, and watch this, that, that sexual energy in the room. And we've not created a story that makes that a threat. Um, but that's also because we make choices in our everyday lives that keep the connection. So I, I talk about like empowered relationships are necessary in order to, to be in the lifestyle or to be ethically non-monogamous. Cause if you don't have that foundation, you are going to be struggling to feel like you're less than, or that you're not valued or, or things like that. So important that you feel connected first, you've got to feel connected to your partner and you have to feel safe. And if you feel those two things, if you have those two things that you you work on together and that you can create safety for each other and allow each other to have desires and fantasies that don't involve you just for the sake of expressing themselves authentically, it doesn't have to mean that's going to happen. But we got to create safety somewhere to, to begin these conversations of exploration and try it on for side. How might I feel? But let's talk about it without thinking it's got to happen. That doesn't feel safe. I feel like I'm telling you this because I want it. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm leaving you. That's right. not a safe conversation. <laughs> That's not the way we transition. <laughs> we <laughs> we open the door to discussions about what we actually really love and desire, who we are, what our fantasies might be. And we leave it at that. They're in that realm of fantasies. They're mine. They're my desires. And I'm allowed to have them, whether you agree with them or not. And include the include how they make you feel. Like exactly. oh, I feel, I feel really insecure hearing that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean don't ever say it. Right. It means I'm feeling insecure. So, like, what can we do to but aren't we taught that we have that to gap? like we have to protect people from feeling things? Right. That's yeah. like I think that's one of my biggest lessons lately. And it's like, I think I've been (laughs) hit with it this week so much too. It's like when I see someone I love struggling with emotions or struggling with loss or I'll change my action. Like I'll be like, okay, I will pacify the situation, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm so used to this feeling of walking on eggshells and, you know, my safety relied in someone else's feeling comfortable because I didn't feel safe. So I learned quickly that if I can read someone really quickly and and know what they need and meet their needs very quickly, then I'm safe. So That's- much of this journey is learning to be un- be comfortable with being oh, a little uncomfortable. Yes. Right? Like people's emotions make us uncomfortable. If you ever watch a, a toddler throwing a fit, how quickly do you want to shut that down? Like mm-hmm. it's like visceral, like in your gut, like this is an uncomfortable feeling. And we want to like stop them from kicking and screaming as fast as possible because it's, it feels terrifying. Mm-hmm. And we do the same thing with our partners. Like, Oh, you just got a sad look. Let me change what I'm saying so that right? I don't have to be uncomfortable with your feelings. Let me go Ooh. back to that toddler thing because I learned yeah. something last week that was just like, boom, like mind blown. They were talking about how when we have emotion in our body, like it's stored in our body. And if we don't release that energy, it gets stored as like disease or pain or 
depression, you know, like all kinds of things that can cause things. So we have to be able to let emotion flow through our body, which means we have to acknowledge that it's there to begin with. And a toddler is full of emotion that they don't know how to process. So they kick and scream it out. Yeah. They get rid of that. They move it through their body. Uh And we're so quick to shut that down. So what we teach kids is you're not allowed to move that emotion through your body. You have to shut the emotion down because you're not allowed to feel it. So we are continuously packing down these unfelt emotions. And as an adult, we're like, why do I struggle with my health? Why do I struggle with depression? Why do I struggle with this? Because I've never been taught it's okay to have the emotion. Now, I'm not saying kicking and screaming in a grocery store is the appropriate way to move emotion through you, but animals, when they are um, frustrated and have a lot of fear and emotion, they like stomp the ground and let out that emotion. Kids, they stomp the ground and get that emotion out if they're allowed to. So we have to teach them that there's other ways. Sometimes that's okay. And you need to recognize that that's what's happening and you need to go clear that emotion. Sometimes you can punch something as long as you're not hurting people. There's a time and place. Sometimes it's breathing it through. Sometimes it's holding yourself. We have to be able to acknowledge that we're not just shutting down an emotion, that we're giving someone an outlet to process the emotion and not shame themselves through the emotion. Because as soon as you attach shame or guilt to the emotion, it's not going anywhere. It's like a hook and it keeps it stuck there. So we have to release it. And it doesn't mean that we didn't do something wrong. It doesn't mean that we don't have to feel bad about something, but it doesn't have to define our worth. We make mistakes. We can feel awful about things, but we need to be kind to ourselves and let that move through. And so I've been working a lot in like somatics and learning about somatics because I feel like we weren't taught to let things move through our body. We just don't have a framework for that. And um, I forget to do it myself. And um, someone reminded me yesterday, right? Yeah. So I got really overwhelmed with something and she was like, where, where do you feel that in your body? Cause I say this all the time to my clients. Where do you feel it in your body? She's like, where do you feel it? And I was like, uh, I I don't know. Like, okay, I feel it in my stomach. And my child, you know, and I knew that there was fear and anxiety and it was like this old programming coming back and just like keeping me stuck. And then I was like all in a panic about something. Whereas when I allowed, she had me just sit with that emotion and breathe through it and put my hand on my chest and just kind of, you know, and that emotion, an emotion only stays there for a few seconds if you let it move through, actually. It's really interesting. It doesn't stay for more than 90 seconds if you're aware. And like that whole process can take as little as 90 seconds. It can take less time, but usually it's not going to be longer than that if you're truly letting yourself experience it. People think they're going to get stuck with feeling that way forever. Mm-hmm. But if you put meaning to the emotion, then you start creating a, a loop, a thought loop oh. that sends you spiraling down. So um, feel it. Just acknowledge it in your body. Let it go. Let it move through you. And then she started asking me questions like, okay, how do you feel now? And we had just finished like the last um, session of my beta program. And so she she had asked me like, when are we starting the next one? 
Like what? And I was like, because I'm moving, I'm doing this or whatever. And it's like all the things came up for me of I'm not going to be able to honor my commitment. I'm going to, if I commit to this and I can't follow through, I'm going to be letting people down and blah, 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 blah. Like all of that uh, came up and I could not decide on a date. I was like, no, I can't do it. And then the date that I felt reasonable about and doable, I was shaming myself for it being too far out because I should be doing this now. Oh, right. So there was all this programming that was, and she was like, just working through it with me and was like, Karine, you're allowed to have that. She's like, but look what we just did. You did it. You did all eight weeks and you have the whole thing done. It's all created. You have your portal, your course platform. Everything is all done. We've done it week by week and it's finished. So every time you do it now, it's going to be much simpler. And look at the results that happened. And then all of a sudden, a whole different feeling came in my body. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She's like, what happened to this client? And I was like, they just felt so free and they were so excited. And they're like standing 10 feet taller and they're not afraid of who they are. And they feel beautiful and sexy. And they're no longer willing to compromise what they desire anymore to keep the peace. Just for the sake of keeping the peace, they they they're understanding what it is that they want and having no shame about that. And I was just like getting all excited, you know, and she's like, that is why you want to start another cohort. And I was like, right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I still gave the same date first week of July. I was like, first week of July, I'm going to start a new cohort, but now I'm excited about it. I'm like, Oh, that's not soon enough. But I know that reasonably This is going to give me time to, you know, really put together those testimonials from the first cohort and really get really excited about it and launch it and have time to prepare for it um, because now there's a whole different belief rather than this fear. So this does relate to how we can approach relationships. You know, like, let's say, let's say we, we want to talk about jealousy a little bit, right? So you've got a feeling of jealousy that comes up. Oh, my partner... This has been happening to me a little bit. This is I've never been on this side of the fence. <laughs> ah. Usually it's me. Usually it's me connecting with people. And uh, my partner just didn't doesn't have a lot of energy. And a lot of times it's more friends with benefits on his end and things like that. Um, but this lovely, lovely woman has come into our life. And um, her and I just are the best of friends. And we get along so well. I'm not bi, so it's not that kind of relationship. Um, for me has no sexual component at all. Um, but for her and him, there is, and they get along really well. And there's an emotional connection with the three of us, which is beautiful, totally kitchen table, poly type stuff. Like, I mean, we can chat and I can trust her with, uh, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Um, but there's a sense of like, wait a second, I'm not the only one anymore that he's reaching out to if he needs to talk or which is great. I love it. Like, uh, like my rational brain's like, Oh, I'm so happy that, that she's there to talk him through this thing because I don't have the energy for it right now. I'm so immersed in all this other stuff and I can't be there for him. And so he's got another outlet, another perspective and it's beautiful. And he trusts her and, and she's so much like me, which is, should be like, you know, an honor and compliment that, you know, it's another person kind of like me that he he's attracted to. So obviously um, he loves the qualities that I bring to the table, but I've never had, and, and I wouldn't say that I'm jealous. Total. There's like little moments 
of like oh well that that's that's my that's my thing I do or Mm -hmm. that's something we plan or but I never communicated I didn't think that that would even you know blip through my mind and and slightly trigger me um and then there's the old stuff that happened with my ex right and there's that oh that's going to happen to me again if he gets close to someone else but I I wasn't at all thinking about that but now that it's more present then I get to deal with those little emotions those blips what's happening in my body and I recognize that it's not anything to worry about because it's it's what we make of it right and he doesn't belong to me we just bought a house together he clearly you know like we're committed to each other and it's not because of a certificate (laughs) you know (laughs) we are choosing each other daily and um but it also makes you realize that if you're not creating specific connection time one-on-one connection and and time to to be vulnerable with each other and create safety for each other's emotions and, and things. And you're not keeping that because we've, we've lived apart for two years or Mm -hmm. sorry, we lived two hours apart for six years. So we've had a long distance relationship like forever. And so it's not new, but now there's more options. Right. And, and it's There's new components. Yeah. And it's totally fine. It's great. But like, because she gets along with me so well, there's a lot of like, we're doing things all together a lot more. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm like, wait a second, we got to be careful. We got to be careful that it's not always all together, that we have just us time and that they can have them time and this. And so my brain goes into overload and little fears creep up. And it's funny because he's like, now now you see how I felt? It's not that I want to prevent you from doing anything. I just have feelings about it sometimes. I'm not trying yeah. to hold you back. It's just I have feelings. And I didn't always understand it. Yeah. Sometimes yep. it looks like control, but it's not. Mm-mm. Yeah. I have this fear. How can we alleviate it? Yeah. <sighs> just stop the action. That's going to do it. Don't do anything ever. Just stay in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) Go everywhere with me so I can watch you always. And then I will never have to feel this. And we're laughing right now, but that is literally what some couples choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I talk about monogamy having four, like four parts. You can be emotionally monogamous, sexually monogamous socially monogamous and practically monogamous. Mm. So some people, they're monogamous in three areas, except for social. They have other friends and they're allowed to have other friends. Some Uh couples don't have that. No, no. Our friends all have to be the same. We go visit family together. We go visit friends together. We go out together. Right. But that is an agreement that you can make. That is still monogamous and you can be, you can adopt non-monogamous unmono mindset and import it into your monogamous relationship and create a monogamous relationship that has more flow and flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can design an open concept home, but still a closed home. (laughs) It's still got four walls. Right. (laughs) So. 
I think I love this design concept, right? And yeah. and it just like helps you understand. It's like you can choose monogamy, and then within monogamy, there's like these four areas that you can even tailor to yeah. fit your needs. And you know, like you don't have to share finances. This is practical mm-hmm. monogamy. You can you can have separate finances and still be a married couple. You know, yeah. you can, um, yeah, and and emotionally monogamous. You can you can be emotionally non-monogamous, but still sexually monogamous. Yeah. Or if you would rather just be sexually non-monogamous, then you can cross into that area. But I mean, there's all different people. It's not black or white. People don't, even in monogamy, it's not black or white, but everybody thinks they're playing by the same rules, but they're not. They're not. Everybody's version of monogamy even looks different. But we don't we don't know that. We don't know that we're entering with a different rule book. We think we it's all the same. We pretend everybody's doing the same thing. And then get offended when they don't yeah. speak our language or or play by our our rules. <laughs> I, this is mm-hmm. understood. We should be doing this this way. Oh, <laughs> it's well, common I, sense. Yeah. My ex-husband oh. used to say that to me all the time. It's common sense. And I'm like, if it were common, more people would say so. I don't know it, so it must not be common. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Uh-huh. I, there's just so many. I, I just think we need to give ourselves permission yeah. to not fit perfectly in a relationships that feel good for you, that you choose, that you want. For sure. And do we not try something because it might be uncomfortable? Right. Right. Well, yeah, often. No, no, I'm just going (laughs) to stay here over here. And then you never get to discover, you know, other things, you know, and even sexually, let's just go there for a second. Like if you're having sex with someone else for the first time and they have a different technique or they do things differently and you're like, oh, I never knew that I might like that. You know, you can choose to be as the party and choose to be like, oh. I feel threatened by that. Or you could go, oh, that's cool. Maybe I could try that too. Maybe we could try that together. Um, and we get to communicate, hey, I, I did this cool thing. This would be fun. Maybe that we should try this. It could spice up our marriage. Or no, that's not something I want to try. Cool. I'll do that with this partner and we can do these other things. Yeah. Yeah, I love comparing notes with other partners. Like, how did he really liked that? How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you got some blowjob technique that he really likes that I, I'm clearly not. not that literally doing. happened. Yeah. That literally happened. One, uh, uh, one of our dear friends, he was always like, God, she just gives the best blowjobs. Not yours are great. She gives the best one. So I was like, I texted her. It was like, hey. What do you do? And then we wound up talking about blowjobs for three hours. Oh, what's your secret? <laughs> well, it's funny because I did an episode on blowjobs. Um, the, the the lady does is has the blowjob queen course. Um, and uh-huh. I, I love like she talked about oral worship as being like the foundation. It's like instead of like orgasm being the goal or face fucking or whatever it is, like you get to enjoy the process of what you're doing. Um, so, anyways. All that to say, I am not a huge fan of blowjobs because I have a very small mouth. My teeth are narrow. 
And so anyone with girth or a curve, it just doesn't fit very well in my mouth, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's not for lack of trying. It's like literally right. physically, I have physical limitations and then my jaw gets really sore and I'm not the only one who has a sore job. Some people, sore jaw, some people don't say it, but they're thinking it. And mm-hmm. I just like, I will switch it up, use my hands or whatever. But I love it when a girl has a mouth that's big enough <laughs> and can deep throat or whatever and take my whole man because it's not uh-huh. something I can do very often for him. It's very, very, very select moments when I can really do that. Uh, it takes a lot there. out of me. <laughs> but man, it's like, have at it. You know, like if you, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that for him. And then instead of thinking, oh. I wish I could do that and they can do it and I can't provide that for him. Instead, I can go, oh, thank goodness you can provide that because I can't. He still gets to enjoy it. So it's all a shift in perspective, right? We get to create the story we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That, that It's like a mindset shift from like, I'm inferior in some way to I'm actually facilitating joy and pleasure. Yeah. 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 Oh, what a great. I think we could go on for like hours. We've got to probably like shut it down soon. Um, But is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Any words of wisdom? And also where people can find you. And I'll put those links Mm. in the show notes. Yeah. 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 So we talked a bit about jealousy. And I just, I just want to reiterate for people that like, Jealousy is not a bad emotion, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's one, it's super common. It's super normal. And it has a kind of a bad rap because people have done bad things because of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can have feelings and not be mean. So, (laughs) so I just, I think that um, what's really important about jealousy is that it shows you a way it shows you what is missing for you or what, there's where there's a desire for you or where there's uh, maybe a lack or some, an area that needs attention. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a messenger. It gives you a message of like what needs to happen. And, and the more you're able to tap into that and recognize it and go, Oh, I'm feeling, why am I feeling this? What's going on here? Is there something missing? Am I, am I not feeling connected? Am I, is my love cup empty? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or am I feeling insecure? Is there a wound that I need to heal? Uh, there's so many things that it can tell you. Uh, and, and I just, I, I think that people should embrace it more mm-hmm. and like, just own it and be like, this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. Doesn't mean you have to change anything. And here's what I, here's what I'm feeling. Right. Um, and yeah. jealousy always holds other emotions, right? There's always, always. other emotions tied to it. And again, it's that whole, like, sinking into what those emotions are and allowing them to move through your body. Like, let's reiterate that for them because we don't want that jealousy to get stuck because then we'll have the tendency to just want to shut it down to protect ourselves. Yeah. Shut down the tantrum. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then you just bury that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because we, I think, I feel like we use jealous, like the word jealous, so in, I have a program beyond jealousy and in mm. there, I actually say jealousy is not real. It's not actually a thing. 
right? It's this word we've created to describe this like amalgamation of feelings of like anger and anxiety and insecurity and fear and sadness, like all just kind of broiled into here's one word to describe what I'm feeling. But everybody who's experiencing jealousy is experiencing like a different a, a different uh, aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? Like not everyone who's jealous is angry. Not everyone who's jealous is sad and crying. Like, so, so it's jealousy itself isn't actually real. It's all the other things underneath it that we're feeling. And we just ascribe it to jealousy because it's attached to romantic relationships usually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where can people find me? I'm on, uh, Facebook and Instagram at Alicia Payne and my website's aliciapayne.com. And uh, my podcast is Nope, We're Not Monogamous. And that's in all the podcast places. (laughs) Right. I forgot to mention that. I wanted to start the podcast off with that. Nope, we're not monogamous. Um, I am so going to listen to that podcast. (laughs) Oh, I have to have you on. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Continue this conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> so much fun and and i love what you said like it's the bullshit podcast like it's the stuff that that nobody talks about and i i love that because i think that's unique to both of our podcasts that talk about ethical non-monogamy um like mine gives you permission to be authentic and it gives you tools and and makes you feel like you're not alone with with your emotions and the thoughts that might come up for you or the fears that these are just normal and it's part of the process and for you instead of just talking about sex you've done sort of the same thing but like let's talk about the nitty-gritty let's talk about the the untalked about aspects that the messier things you know and let's talk about the jealousy and and how we navigated it and what we almost shut down (laughs) To, yeah. to avoid the jealousy, quote unquote. Yeah, it's so, that's why we do this so that people don't feel alone. Like there are a bunch of weirdos doing this weird thing and they're the only ones when clearly they aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just lift There's up that rock, man. There's so many of us under the rock and uh, you might just find your community. You might just find your people and be like, where have these people been all my life? Did you feel that when you first met? non uh, the non-monogamy community yeah like the mothership has landed like these are my people (laughs) oh my god we can talk about blowjobs this is amazing not any blushing in the face happening it's just like a normal Mm -hmm. thing like talking about dishes or the fucking weather which is so boring i'd rather talk about a blowjob or like you know how uh kissing that same person how did that feel you know <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh exactly isn't he a good kisser oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it's all lips and blah 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 blah. you know like it's just fun to be able to experiment and oh the best part for me is that because girls hated me growing up like they just were mean mm-hmm. and in this world like i can flirt with their husband and they're not thinking that i'm a piece of trash <laughs> When I never had any bad intentions to begin with, I just am a friendly person. And so there's like threat, 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 threat. And I'm like, oh, why are we programmed that way? I'm not trying to steal anybody. Like he's not mine Mm -hmm. to steal to begin with. And like, are you so worried about your husband talking to someone else that you have to like attack 
another woman that is not doing anything. And all oh, this, the, the, the peace that I feel in this world of just getting to be myself and not being misunderstood for doing something that I clearly don't mean to do. Like a, there's no ill intention and people understand yeah. that. Like there's not that judgment behind. It's like, Oh, you, you kissed my that husband and how was it? Right. Mm-hmm. And we just like, we support each other, the women, we just have each other's backs in such a different yeah. way. It's just so awesome. There's not the catty, like yeah. it's, that's true. I never had girlfriends and now I do. I have a lot of girlfriends that I trust and that I feel like I could be myself around. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 I definitely, I found, um, non-monogamy as a whole to, uh, heal a lot of like sisterhood wounds. Mm. Definitely. Like, oh, we're gassing each other up and supporting each other and not competing and tearing each other down. Yeah. There's not that, there's not that under undertone of threat constantly. Like when you have an open relationship, you realize it's not yours. (laughs) Mm. And so you allow people to be who they are. Just it's part of the the thing. And so you don't hang on so tightly out of fear. You, you release and give someone a chance to come back to you continuously. And it feels so good to be chosen every day again. Right. Yes, absolutely. People don't understand that benefit. It's like, no, if you let go of your person and they still come back to you, like that is gold. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. You let them go and they run, 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 then maybe you shouldn't have been hanging on to them to begin with. <laughs> if they don't want to be there, why why are we putting ourselves through that? Yeah. No good. No go. No go. Anyways, thank you so much Alicia. This has been so much fun. And I will put your links in the show notes. And Fantastic. I hope you have an amazing time in California. And enjoy the sunshine and the sights and uh, the coffee shops if you're going to go do some work there. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, that was such a fabulous conversation. I just think we need to talk about this every day. And this is why I do what I do. I'm so passionate about it passionate about designing our relationships and really creating the relationships that we want and not being afraid of what other people think or if we're following the rules or if other people will agree with us. It's not about other people. We get to honor ourselves and honor our commitments without giving up who we are, without sacrificing our authenticity. And I just think that we were able to navigate so many beautiful elements of ethical non-monogamy and how that plays out in reality in our lives and that it's not always easy. It's not always simple, but there is always a way. And so much of it is about reframing how we see things and Exploring how we feel in our bodies and paying attention to that because it's so important to be aware of what's happening to us and to give ourselves grace to have the feelings, to have a jealous feeling perhaps, and find out where that's coming from and recognize that we are 
wired to fear loss, to fear abandonment. This is what we've experienced in life, that these can be the worst possible things that happen to us. And most of us have experienced some sort of childhood trauma that make that a fear for us. And so it's only natural that we would try to protect ourselves against that. But by only worrying about protecting ourselves from the fear of abandonment or the fear of rejection, excuse me, or the fear of rejection, or the fear of not being enough. We lose a sense of who we are, and we lose out on the completely other side of the spectrum, which is such a beautiful, enriching life, where we get to experience more joy, more authenticity, more freedom, more relationships, more experiences, more fun. There's so much on the other side if you're willing to step out and and willing to change the story, willing to look at the programming that you have. So I really encourage you to think about that. And if it's something that you want to shift and that you want to be more aware of and find out what's holding you back or what's keeping you stuck in your monogamous relationship, you don't even have to have a non-monogamous relationship these same concepts can completely open up your monogamous relationship to be beautiful and free and authentic as well. So don't think it's just the work that you need to do for non-monogamy, but the work that's needed for non-monogamy is only going to magnify the joy and contentment that you can experience in your monogamous relationship. So if you're interested about exploring who you are, what makes you tick, what your programming is, and why you remain stuck sometimes or feel guilt and shame. Where's that all coming from? I highly encourage you to book a call with me and let's talk about it because my eight-week program is for you. It literally is for you. It's life-changing. And you can walk away after eight weeks, only eight weeks, a completely transformed person where you feel the freedom to stand up for the things that you want and desire without being a shithead to other people, without necessarily walking away from your relationship, without leaving everything that you know. You don't have to change a thing. The work is done subconsciously in your mind as you unlearn some things, as you learn what you've been taught, as you relearn new ways of thinking and reframe a lot of the stories that we've been taught growing up. So I highly encourage you to book a call with me. Let's have a chat. If you haven't done the quiz already, please go to offers.kareenbedard.com and take the free quiz, Is Monogamy Right For Me?, and then get the deep dive workshop and find out what that might look like for you. What do your results even mean? And that comes with a call with me. So either way, book a call with me. Let's find out what's holding you back. Let's get you into your best life. Honestly, there's nothing like it. I want this for you. This is my mission. This is what I want for everyone to just be confident in who you are and live your best life. Find out if if monogamy's for you or if non-monogamy's for you. 
Either one is the correct answer. There is no correct answer. But being stuck and being stuck with sort of toxic behaviors and thinking and patterns of enmeshment and entanglement and attachment that keep you stuck and keep you relying on other people for your your worth and your validation can be so stifling in life and keep you feeling small. Don't you want freedom and just to be able to spread your wings and be yourself confidently and not have to sacrifice who you are in your relationships? That's beautiful. That's amazing. So I just want all of that for you. So book your call with me. Let's do it. You can find me on Instagram at Kareem Bedard Coaching or go to my Go to the show notes. There's a booking link in the show notes. Go to my Facebook. There's so many ways you can get a hold of me. So I love you all. Thank you for being here. And I'm so glad that you tune in and listen to these new different perspectives. So as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Love you all. Also, if you have not rated and reviewed this podcast, please go to iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to this podcast and go rate and review or go to Podchaser. And there's a link to that at the top of the webpage. Go and rate and review. It helps this podcast get recognized and known and we can share this message together. Love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember... When it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.